Welcome to Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. We give vitalistic chiropractors a chance to learn from the best around the world, discovering how they overcame their challenges and achieved success. In order for chiropractic to thrive, we must have thriving chiropractors. Now listen up, it's time to crush the curse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and uh, today we're going to do something a little bit different because today is the 99th podcast episode that we have produced over the last almost probably a year and a half or so. And um, what I want to do is just take this moment just to reach out and connect with you guys. Um, I'm always interviewing other people, and I thought it'd be nice to just be able to have a little conversation um, for one to appreciate all the listeners that have been listening to the show for this long. And then, uh, and then nothing, just kind of, uh, go over some of the highlights that I've found doing this podcast over the last year and then do a little bit update of what we've been up to. So, um, we just got back from the shift unplugged in Australia and, um, I got to give a thank out to Dr. Claire Molino cause she, uh, talked to Brandy and said, you know, if you did a unplugged in Australia, I think the best place to do it would be in Kingscliff. And, um, and she's like, Kingscliff, where's that? <laughs> and, uh, she's like, well, it's just outside the Gold Coast. Cause we thought, you know, we wanted to get a place that was pretty close for us to be able to fly into. And, um, coming from Canada, you know, you want to get to one of the closer to one of the main hubs and we usually do air New Zealand. So we wanted something that we could fly direct from Auckland and, um, and so Kingscliff happens to just be only about 20 minute drive from the airport out of the Gold Coast. And so it was pretty funny. We got on the long plane ride to head over there and had no idea really what to expect. And um, yeah, and it was a pretty amazing event. We had, uh, we can only take 30 people at maximum at those events because we, we kind of tried to go deep one-on-one -on -one with the people. I think we had 20 chiropractors and 10 chiropractic assistants. Uh, most of our programs that we do, we try to keep the doctors and staff together because, um, you know, get from getting feedback from people who have been to either the uh, Vitality Shift Immersion Day or the Unplugged, the, by far the biggest feedback we get are from chiropractors who bring their staff. Because if you can spend a full day together immersing yourself into the shift principles and have your staff do it at the exact same time, um, it, it's like you just come back and you're, and you're hitting the road running. Um, I know in the past I found it quite frustrating going to an event and being all pumped up and excited and then getting back and then, you know, you have to schedule a staff meeting and then someone can't make it. And then all of a sudden it's a week later and then you haven't reviewed your notes and then you kind of go over part of it. And then, and then, you know, two, three weeks later, nothing's been implemented and then it gets kind of frustrating. So that's why we um, really like to do that. And actually the funny reason that we like to do that is um, at the beginning of Brandy's speaking career, she was always speaking to chiropractic assistants. And, um, and, and there, there's the other issues. If you get chiropractic assistants who get all pumped up and get jazzed up and, uh, and their doctor is not on board, then that becomes a waste of time as well because they take all this information and then they don't meet with the doc or the doc's too busy or the doctor really didn't get, um, didn't get inspired about the topic. So then they're not really that excited about what, the CAs want to do. And then again, goes to the next staff meeting. And then weeks later, it's like, all goes to, to not. So that's why we really like to have the staff and the doctors together for a lot of these programs, because it just, it makes the learning so much better. And those are the ones that have the biggest difference on the next day 
where they go back to the office and the energy has totally shifted. And, um, and so if you have a chance to get to one of those programs and bring your staff, I would, uh, I would highly recommend it. Um, what I want to talk a bit about today was what I talked about at the unplugged, uh, the kind of the, the setup for the unplugged is we have like Brandy's kind of the, the MC and runs the, the whole day. And then, um, and then we had two of our mentors speak, which were, they did an amazing job. So I'm going to give a shout out to Dr. Ben Purcell and Dr. Al Young. They, uh, they rocked it out. And uh, we also had our, our really good friends, Dr. Uh, Craig Foote and Kath Foote come over from Perth. And uh, they did a talk on team building. And, uh, and then what I got to talk about was the evolved self. So I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about that first. And then I'm going to go over some of the top episodes that I, I really enjoyed or kind of stuck out to me. Or were just the highest downloads over the last year and a half as we celebrate our 99th podcast episode. So when I uh, did my section of the unplugged, um, I kind of got connected to, um, an author and I'm going to butcher his name and everybody laughs when I say it, but it's like my high sink me high. And, uh, I, I still never have said it correctly, but, um, I'd read several different books and they'd always reference this guy. And so I thought I should look into him more because I think it was the, um, uh, unsafe thinking by Jonas Sachs. I had actually interviewed him. He's one of my interviewers. So if you look back, at www.drdonmcdonald.com. That's where we have all the episodes where you can just kind of look back in the archives. But that was the first time I heard about him because he researched flow. And then I read another book called The Rise of Superman. And, um, and that whole book is about um, looking at, at extreme athletes and how they do amazing things and how the learning curve um, like in, increases so much. So they used, I think it was examples of um, like uh, rollerbladers or, or um, skateboarders or skiers and how those X games, uh, you know, their, their skills have just exponentially increased over the last 10 to 15 years. And a lot of that has come from these athletes getting into a state of flow. And basically the state of flow is when you're trying to improve your skills, um, there's kind of like a sweet spot. You need to get about 4% outside your comfort zone. So if you're, if you, and we all know if you're inside your comfort zone, there's no really growth that happens there. It's nice and cozy, but it's not really uh, where growth happens. But also if you're way outside your comfort zone, there's, you also, most people will just shut down. And, and again, if you're doing extreme sports, you actually will get hurt or killed. So it's like quite dangerous to do that. And so the sweet spot is, is getting into that 4% outside your comfort zone. And the interesting thing about it is if you're doing extreme sports, if you get 4% outside your comfort zone, it puts your nervous system in a state of hyper awareness of your environment. And when you're in a state of hyper awareness, you've kind of become one with your environment. And then you start to just kind of get into that flow. And, and many chiropractors out there, you'll, you'll know what that feels like when you have those days where you're just like on fire. I kind of joke joke to some of my, some of my practice members and say, sometimes I feel like Terminator where, you know, I just look at a person and, and it kind of puts a red outline around the person and it spins around in the air and my, my brain's like analyzing. And so sometimes I just have that feeling like I know where the subluxation is before I even touch them. Like you just kind of get into that zone where you're, all your senses are just like acu- acutely tuned to your environment. And, um, and that is where the, that growth phase happens. Right. And so um, for a chiropractor, one of the ways to get into that is to, to book yourself a little bit heavy, right? So if, if you have, if you're being pressed for time, many chiropractors, 
um, when, cause we work with a lot of chiropractors who are, who are trying to see maybe increased volume. Um, but then they get nervous because they feel like they'll be rushing, but that's the thing is we have to get that 4% improvement. So if you slightly increase your volume just outside your comfort zone, it has to, it makes you just, cause you need to have a little bit of pressure because we have a little bit of pressure, just focus, it forces you to focus. Um, just like uh, the, the extreme athletes, they say, you know, you can get into the zone two ways. Like one, you could meditate and it might take 20 or 30 minutes to get into the zone meditation, or they can just jump out of an airplane <laughs> and they're like instantly in the zone because it's like, boom, instant awareness. Right. And when you get to, to the office and you know, there's like five people waiting or like right off the bat, you, you know, you got to get into, into that zone. And what it does is it just helps you to be more focused. And when you become more focused, that's when the learning happens. But if you, if you're and, and you've probably had this in your office too, where if you have, maybe you're seeing a practice member and, and no one's booked afterwards and you can take as much time as you want, you start talking about things that are relevant. You start focusing on other stuff. You know, a lot of times you become a lot less efficient. Um, I learned this as well. Uh, and Brandy learned this a lot as well, as far as when she gets adjusted for me, um, she used to always just get adjusted at home. Um, after I got home from work, but when I got home from work, I definitely was not in the flow. And, um, and so when I remember one time she said, can you just pretend I'm a real patient or practice member, uh, so you can focus. And, um, and we thought, well, geez, maybe we should just get you to come in the office when I'm in flow. So it's pretty funny how some people think that it's, it's not better to go to the chiropractor when it's busy. Right. But we want to reframe it in your mind. And that's when Brandy, what Brandy did was she actually, realized you got a better adjustment when I was in flow going to person to person because you're just right in the zone. And if you ever played a sport or anything like that, that's, that's exactly how, uh, you know, you play the best. If you're playing a sport and you have to stop and start and stop and start and stop and start, it's hard to get into that, that zone feeling. And, um, and the same thing is when you're, when you're seeing practice members, right? If you see someone and then go sit down, see someone, then go sit down, see someone that goes like you, it's just exhausting and you never actually get in the flow. But if you can just like, you know, you're going table to table and you're just like, boom, 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 boom. That's where we really get into that flow state. And that's when your performance improves. And, um, and so that's kind of what, what initially got me onto this author. And I won't say his name again, cause I already butchered it, butchered it too many times, but he has an, he has his first book called flow. And then his second book is called the evolved self. And, um, and I, and I was like, I'll, I'll look into this cause it looks kind of interesting. And so he's done just, he's a big researcher and, um, and his whole premise about this book is, is how do you evolve the self? And we've talked about this tons on different podcast interviews where, you know, as a chiropractor, you come out and you have to learn information from other people. And when you learn information from other people, you almost have to like copy their information or, or be like um, a minion of them. Um, for a while until you learn that information in your physiology. Uh, same thing in school, like when you're just learning how to adjust or you're just learning in practice how, how to get into that flow state. And then over time, you start to you kind of chip away some of the stuff that's not you. And, and that's why most people, well, when you have students that come in and they'll say, oh, Dr. Don, what technique do you use? And I'm like, the Dr. Don technique, because you'll probably notice in practice as well is that most of the techniques out there were developed by someone who integrated a bunch of the information they learned and then created their own. And, and that's part of chiropractic self mastery is once you take all those little bits of information, you basically make it into your own as well. 
And so we want to kind of do this with our, with ourself as, as, as well. And this is part of, from my book too, the underdog curse. Um, a lot of times we live our life based on other people's expectations. And, and one of the things we want to avoid is getting to the end of our life and going, Oh my gosh, like I really didn't, I left a bunch of stuff on the table and I didn't really achieve what I really wanted to. So what I found really interesting in this book is he talks about, there's three different veils, um, to uncovering yourself and, and becoming yourself. And, and we know from lots of information, Joe Dispenza, all those kind of those people is that like, I think, you know, by the time you're 31, you've memorized your whole life, I think, or in your thirties and you can pretty much predict everything that's going to happen. And so you don't really have to grow anymore. And, and even earlier than that is by the time I think you're age seven, a lot of the hard drive in your subconscious mind has been pre-programmed. And as a child, you know, we don't really have that we haven't developed that frontal lobe yet. So we haven't really had, uh, like we don't have that critical thinking ability. So we just have to, we just have our, our mind open and we just download everything in our environment. And so, you know, all from our, you know, from our parents, from our teachers, from the culture that we're at, like everything that, that we grow up around, we just download straight into our, into our nervous system. And then after like 10, 12, getting into your teens, you got your, you got your school and your friends. And, and after that age, if you, we don't do any personal development or, or digging deep down into finding who we really are as a human being, um, we end up living our life based off all those programs. And, and then we're just kind of running off a defaulted program. And so what I said at the Unplugged in Australia is I was, I was going, we have two options. We can continue to live off just programs that, that someone else put in us, which are sometimes even just generational. Um, you know, I think Dr. Phil talks about that a lot too, is that, you know, there's generational issues that just keep going down where if you had a problem with your parents, then they had a problem with their parents and they had a problem with their parents or, or something like that. And, and do we want to just kind of continue the chain of dysfunction or, or do we want to actually get in there and, and figure out what makes us tick and what would actually be inspiring for us to do at the end of our life and, and what kind of, cause everybody's different. Everybody has their own talents and we all have a different thing that we can leave to the world. Um, but in order to figure out what that is, you got to know who you are. And if we're running off other people's programs, it's really hard to find out what your purpose or your talents are. And I think that's why so many people are confused or, or they hit goals or that they think they should hit or, or someone else should set for them. Or in chiropractic, it's like numbers are a huge, huge thing, right? Where people say, oh, I should, I should be seeing 300 a week or whatever, or 400 a week. And then they hit those numbers and then they just are empty because that's not really, that's not really who they are. But it is good to have those goals at the beginning. But as we, you know, evolve as a human, um, then we can actually really find out what, what makes us tick. And that's, I think, the, the juice of life. So um, in his book, he talks about there's three veils that hold us back from actually evolving and, and evolving ourselves, and actually even becoming aware of who we are as a person. And, and the first, and I talked about this at the Unplugged, but I think it's really important to to kind of self-reflect on this. And so the first one is the genetic veil. And the interesting thing about the genetic veil is, is, you know, it's kind of like the instinct in animals, like where they just know how to do stuff because it's just in the genetics because they know if they don't do that, they will die. And, and as a human being, if we go back a hundred years, um, that's a huge difference. Like our, our lifestyle as humans have changed insane in the last hundred years. And then if you go back another hundred years back before that, it wasn't that much different. So like there's been a massive change in our environment as human beings in the last short period of time. And as we know, the function of the nervous system is actually to help us adapt to the environment and our environment is changing insane, insanely quick. So 
some of the stuff that we could depend on before for survival actually isn't really going to serve us as much anymore because a lot of those things are looked after. So in the genetic veil, these are, these are like kind of our, our deep down genetic drives. And, and like a few examples of those are like the drive for sugar or the drive for sex or the drive for salt. Um, and these are all the kind of things that you actually need. And so if you're back in the settler days where you, you know, came across North America and, and set up a homestead, you know, there's certain things that if you didn't have sugar, you would die. If you didn't have salt, you would die. There's all these other things. If you didn't have sex, you wouldn't have uh, offspring and you would die because you, we needed everybody. You needed to get more people in the tribe in order to survive. And, and that would be the motivation that you would need to actually do something, right? To get out there and, and make the land or, or whatever you needed to do. Um, your motivation would be to end up getting that good meal or to, you know, meet that person or, or something like that. And that would be your ultimate drive because if you didn't follow through with that, you would die. And, and nowadays, um, food is abundantly available. Alcohol is abundantly available. Drugs are abundantly available. Um, sex is abundantly available. Like all those things that we initially needed to survive now can be, um, achieved so easily that, um, the overindulgence of those things will actually, they actually um, hold us back from developing who we are because they basically become addictions. And, um, and again, too much of a, of a good thing is not a good thing. And we know that as chiropractic, it's all about that regulation, not enough or too much of something is always bad. So that's the first thing. And, and so how we always try to um, counterbalance these initial drives is to develop disciplines. And, and I, I always knew before, I think my very first coach, Dr. Ron Oberstein, and, and we actually talked about that on his interview about that exercise. He said about creating a discipline where it was like 30 days where we had to get up and I had to get up at four in the morning and, and I had to exercise for 20 minutes. And then I had to read uh, inspirational information for 20 minutes and then meditate for 20 minutes and do that for 30 days straight. And if I missed the day, I had to start all over again. And so I thought that was just a cool thing. Like, Oh, that's cool. That's cool to have a discipline. And, um, but I didn't really understand the importance of creating a discipline until just recently. And, um, and, and I think that's what the whole thing is, is that if we can create a discipline, we can actually, we can actually find out who we are and we can also have a little bit more control of the direction that our life goes. Um, Dr. Michael Hall, which we'll be talking about a little bit later too. Um, he had an interesting statement saying that um, when we have a healthy frontal lobe, we, we, have the, we have the ability to have free will. And, and a lot of people think free will is the ability to do whatever you want. Um, and it actually is not that. Free will, an animal has, in that, in that case, then an animal would have free will because they just do whatever, they, whatever their genetic drive tells them to do. They just do it. They don't even think about it. They just do it. Um, the ability of free will is actually not doing stuff. And so when you have a strong frontal lobe, you can actually delay gratification and you can actually decide what you will do and what you don't do. Because again, we all know if you only succumb to all your genetic drives, that's, that's never going to be a good thing long-term, especially if we want to create a bigger impact on the planet. So whether it's um, exercise or it's meditation or it's something like that, anything that you can do to create a discipline just helps us to get a little bit more control over that genetic veil so that uh, we don't have those things running our life. Because if our genetic genetics are running our life, then it's hard to even to get to the next stage. And the next stage, the next veil is the social veil. And the social veil is basically your surroundings, right? So it's your, it's your, it can be your family. It can be your, um, it could be your religion. It could be your, 
schooling. It can be your community. It can be your province. It can be your state. It can be your country. Um, and if we find aliens out there, it could be our earth because <laughs> we'd be earthlings, but there's, there's a certain expectation in every social structure, um, that sometimes that is so strong that it can actually prevent you to discover who, who you are as, as a person. And, um, and again, we go back to hundred years ago, 200 years ago, we needed this. We needed this to survive. Like you needed to be able to just play along with the community because one of the and even nowadays, the biggest thing is shamed or shunned uh, or not included. Like that's some of the, that those can be some of the biggest fears or pains that anyone can ever really experience. And, um, and in the past, if you were in a tribe and you got shamed or exiled or, or something, you, you'd basically die. You'd be out in, in the woods by yourself. And, um, and, and us as humans, because we didn't have, we don't have like, you know, big teeth and claws and protective, um, armor that already happened that, that already that we already have um we we need to work together because we have a frontal lobe so we need to work together and use our brain but that that means we need to work together as a group so one of the questions we want to ask is who are we hanging around right because they always say you're you're like the five closest people to you or six closest people to you and um and this is a huge part of the social veil and and if those people aren't um either if they and again i talk about this in in the underdog curse if they're a control bond but these are bonds that we have with people. If they're a control bond, um, they're going to try to control what you're doing. Or if they're a guilt bond, uh, they'll guilt you into trying to control you to do things. Um, and so we really want to have more of what's called a power bond. And a power bond is more people who, who realize it's not all about them and they can see the brilliance in you. And then they'll call you to task, even if it's not to benefit to them, because a lot of people inherently, especially in the stress response, they're inherently selfish. So they want the people around them to be able to, to support them or do the things that they want to do. And, um, and like I was saying at the unplugged, if, if you're a lab, as, as I call it in my book, the lab personality or an amiable personality, you're super influenced by your environment. And so this one, I had to like watch this one like a hawk because, um, because you're just so empathetic and you connect to people so well, it, it, that's an amazing talent to have. But the downfall of it is it just, they, they can just put so much influence on you. It's huge. And then Brandy always reminds me and says, well, you know, the alphas or the drivers, they do it too. It's just, they express that in a different way. So no matter what, whoever you hang around makes a big difference. And, and I think that just brought up a point from uh, a book called Peak Performance. And they did a study with um, army units and how these army units function. And, and it really, they, the lower a team functioned would be based on the, the lowest common denominator. So if they, had, if they had an army unit with one weak link, it just brought down the whole, the whole um, team. And so they always said the team was as strong as the weakest person. So when you're in your environment, the weakest person or the person that might take you away or might be the bad influence, they have the biggest influence on you because it's just, it's just the way it goes. It just drags you to that area. So it's really, we always talk about doing like, um, like a circle inventory of who is in your, in, in your environment, who's close to you. And, and really, you know, we don't want to be rude and like, you know, cut people out of our life, but some people just, we might need to spend a little bit less time with or spend time with them in a bigger group or, you know, or, or just, or, or, or even just focusing on who we want to spend more time with. Cause again, we don't want to be just, some people are going to be the moving away from people and some people are going to be moving towards. And if we actually spent more time 
either doing the things we want or, or, or with the people that we want to spend time with, it just fills up your time. So then it obviously just ends up leaving less time for those. <laughs> so that's, that's the first two. And then the third veil is basically the um, ego veil. And the ego veil is, is kind of interesting because um, as Tony Robbins always says, one of the biggest drives as a human is to reconfirm who you think you are. Um, because that's, that gives you enough certainty to at least feel some confidence in life. But, um, so if you think you know who you are, then it makes you short term feel better. Um, but as we found out at the unplugged, when we kind of go around to each person and find out what's the stories they're telling themselves, um, many times we say, what if that's a lie? What if that's a lie? Like that you're not good at school or that you're not a very good chiropractor or you're not worthy or you're not worth it or you always do this. What if that's a lie? And then you just keep reconfirming it all the time. So, so the ego is, is really trying to dig in and, and find out if that's really the case. And, and it, it, we did some funny pattern interrupts. Uh, Dr. Nick Laurie, if you're listening to this, you'll, he has his little shoulder shrug. <laughs> so you might laugh if you're listening to this, but if you can just find maybe a limiting belief that you've been thinking about. And if you just do something like shrug your shoulders or, or, or cluck like a chicken, or um, <laughs> we put like the, I think it's called a shout out where they have that plastic thing that goes in your mouth. So you can't even really talk. And then you, the whole goal of that game is to try and understand when someone's talking. And so we'll, we'll do that with people and try to keep portraying what their limiting belief is. And it scratches their record so hard that they, that they have a hard time getting into that emotional state. Cause again, that limiting belief will drive an emotion, which then drives actions, which reconfirms that belief. So it becomes a big, huge circle. And uh, if we can get in there and scratch that record so that we don't, we don't have those pre-programmed ego drives li limiting us from who we truly are. Um, a great story is, is one of our staff. Um, we, she came to, uh, we went to Life Vision in Montreal and we brought our staff and they really loved it. And, and so what we always do, and this might be a thing that you might want to do, is uh, when they come back from a seminar, we always have them do a 20 minute presentation on what they learned. And one of our staff was quite funny. She, she tried to pre-frame before, I'm not very good at school. And I didn't do very good in English and I'm not really good at writing and, and basically reconfirming this limiting belief she had about herself. And then she proceeded to read out this, this paragraph or page or, or two or 10, 10 to 15 minutes of information she learned, which was amazing. And, and some of the stuff she learned about chiropractic blew our mind. And so we were like, we said to her after like, okay, that's a lie. Now, thank goodness you're still young, but imagine if you lived your whole life believing that lie that you're not good at school or not very good at English and all the things that you limited in your life would just be a total big lie and, and what a waste of time. So, so if we can really dig a little bit into that ego veil as well and, and find out like, what are your limiting beliefs and are they really true? And if they're not true, then let's annihilate them. And so find some fun little thing that you can do to, uh, to interrupt that pattern. And, um, and they'll be like, uh, Nick, who sent me a message after the weekend and said, I'm clucking less. So I'm like, good job, brother. <laughs> so they'll be enjoying uh, Fiji on fire here in the next week or so. So I hope they have a great time down in Fiji. So that was basically what I covered. And what I want to do just for the rest of this, just the last little bit of this podcast, just kind of go over some of my highlights that I had over the last 98 podcast episodes. And, um, and stay tuned for next week because next week's kind of a fun one because we had our top two downloads of the year. So Brandy McDonald, my lovely wife, uh, her, her, she had the number one downloaded episodes of building long-term relationships. So that's the number one um, podcast uh, we've had so far episode. Uh, the second one is Dr. Michael Hall uh, with Restoring the Curve. 
and uh, we have a fun, um, and it sounds bad, but it's not a three-way conversation with uh, me and uh, Brandy and Dr. Michael Hall, which will be dropping next week. So that'll be kind of a fun thing about trying to get chiropractors to be healthy because the more we travel around and deal and talk with chiropractors, the more we realize like we need to, we, we need to be healthy healers. And so, and really getting chiropractors to be healthier is kind of one of our huge, huge goals. Now, the cool thing with the restoring the curse podcast episode is I think most of the research and we went over three, three research studies. And I think all three of those were physiotherapy research studies done by physiotherapists. And they're all talking about forward head posture and how it negatively affects the frontal lobe and how it fires up the stress response. And, um, and so for chiropractors who just can't get that, I don't understand why they can't get that, but um, physios got that. And if, if we're, if we're talking about chiropractic, I think we're probably one of the best ones to help restore posture and improve spinal function out of any of the professions. So even if we, even if our, well, we do have researchers that are doing it and I'll talk about those ones a little bit later, but, um, but we can also borrow other people's research. So it doesn't have to necessarily be chiropractic research. We know if chiropractors help improve posture, we can use all the research that's out there on how posture improves your overall health or, and how it decreases your stress response. So that was um, Dr. Hall's episode. And then um, my buddy, Dr. David Fletcher, uh, he's, he came in number third, downloaded. And this podcast episode is really interesting, especially if you do the substation and, um, and heart rate variability in your office, because this is called Heart Rate Variability University. And, um, and we talk about a lot of different things about what HRV is, how to read HRV. Um, and one of the biggest things is how um, having HRV in your practice really changes the conversations with your practice members um, because we get to have a lot deeper conversations than we ever would without it um, because we're actually measuring a global stress response or the global um, reserves in, in the body. And, and this, is, this is such a game changer because it just opens up the possibility because I think we've talked about this before where I think Dr. Hall was the one who first told me about this, which really kind of really sparked my mind where we have segmental subluxation which means vertebra uh, not moving properly, misaligned, um, interfering with the nervous system, like the information, efferent information to your brain. And then the global subluxation is when that nervous system is just jammed in on that sympathetic dominant um, state. Um, and in that state, we can't be healthy, right? The body just can't heal. And when you say that to practice members, the, there's not one person who's ever said that doesn't make sense. They're, they, like when they say, oh, chiropractors say they can cure everything. If I ever hear that, I'll say, well, that's easily misunderstood because when your body is in a sympathetic stress overload, uh, that can cause everything. That can cause just about every disease. I think Dr. Hall said seven out of the top 10 killers, right, are lifestyle or stress-related diseases, right? And if chiropractic is one of those things that helps to improve efferent information to your frontal lobe and brain, help to strengthen your frontal lobe, improve your posture, and decrease the stress response, um, yes, some people are going to be, look, looks like they're cured from all these different conditions, even though it's just the body that's going back into optimum function. And so I said, so it's, it's it easily gets misunderstood as we think we cause, you know, cure everything. But the interesting thing is when you improve function of the human body, it just works better. So as, um, as uh, Jeannie Ohm would say, it's just normal physiology. So there's really nothing to argue about, about normal physiology. So check that one out. That was awesome. And then, um, Dr. Uh, Mark, Dr. Hudson. Um, he, uh, had a really, he had the fourth top downloaded, um, episode. And of course he's the, uh, the chiropractor who has started Cairo Europe. And, uh, you know, he, he went to school in the States and then went over to Europe and now he's, he's, uh, created this huge movement. Um, we're 
honored enough to go to, uh, Brandy was honored enough to speak at Cairo Europe last year. And uh, that was the first time we went to it. And I was like, wow, I've been to Tony Robbins and that's probably the closest, um, closest event to a Tony Robbins event. That's just totally love fest for chiropractic that I've been to um, in the world. And so if you're out there anywhere and you have a chance to get to Cairo Europe, I strongly uh, suggest you do because it's just, uh, it's, it's just awesome. And I think like we talked about working with chiropractors and getting them to heal, um, you know, just being around a bunch of like-minded people that just love, love everybody and want everyone to do well and, and, and share awesome stories about how chiropractic would help people. Um, that's the place to go. So make sure Malaga, Spain, and I know they do it twice a year. So just Google, um, Cairo Europe, and then I'm sure you'll be able to find the information from that. Um, next one is funny. My, my buddy, Dr. Ernest Lee, um, we had, uh, he was the fifth, uh, most downloaded, um, episode. And, and that's where we actually had a nice little chat, uh, drinking scotch just here in my house. And we just talked about, um, we kind of grew up together in chiropractic and, uh, we met at a Martini seminar, like back in the early two thousands. And uh, when he was just starting practice and, um, you know, we went through our ups and downs of, uh, of learning and, you know, and, and building and growing our practice and losing money from investing in bad investments. And we've just had lots of fun, um, you know, develop over the years. So, uh, that's a really good episode. And, uh, if Ernest, if you're listening to this, love you, buddy. Um, and then the sixth one was again, Brandy, uh, she came in and, and, uh, at number six and hers was on the leading the conversation. So this kind of, you know, matches up with her first one, which is the building the long-term relationships because she, her power is actually creating really good agreements with ever with everybody. And, and when you create a really good agreement that close the loop with people, there's just less stress because every, you know, everybody knows what's going on. Everybody's on the same page. And this goes with your, this goes with your staff, with with your CAs, this goes with, uh, you know, at home in your relationships, because again, if you have a lot of open loose, just in your personal relationships, who you are at home is who you are at work. Right. So it's funny if, if, if chiropractors just, just become more inspired at home or they are really cool things happen, or I haven't had this, but I've, I've heard this from other chiropractors is they they have a child or, or something else happens and they're very excited in their life. It just, that energy flows right over into their, into their life. Um, and then of course this goes along with your practice members or patients. And, and this is the number one thing um, I think because we work with so many amiable chiropractors around the world is that uh, this is the number one thing that happens is that there's not clear agreements. And when we don't have clear agreements, we don't have clear care plans. We don't have clear reevaluation times. Um, the practice member doesn't know what's going on or, or they think they have to keep coming back and they don't know what, why or what's going on or the chiropractor doesn't know if they're going to come back. And so they're trying to, you know, keep people on a care plan one visit at a time, which is I've done that in the past and that if you want to like totally burn out your adrenals, that is the way to do it. So those two are amazing um, uh, episodes just to really talk about that communication component because communication, that's the only way to get things done or to get your vision across is by increasing your communication because that's the only way you can get your ideas in your head to other people. And if you do it in a bad way, they don't, they don't receive it. So those are massive skills to have. And then just some highlight ones that I always think back of on the, on the, in the last 99 episodes and, and Dr. Wayne Todd was one of those. And he, again, we talked about, he wrote the book, the sympath or, uh, sympathetic dominance protocols or SD protocols. He's from Australia. And, and what, and again, his story, I've probably repeated about 5,000 times about the patients that he'd seen that were like in their eighties or nineties. And, uh, he asked what their secret to their long-term relationship was. 
And when they went through marriage counseling when they were younger, um, <laughs> they said that it was a older priest at the time. He said, you only need to do two things. And uh, he said to the wife, he says, you need to be proud of him. And then he listened and then he went over to the, to the wife and said, or sorry, he went over to the husband and said, you need to listen to her. So as men, our, our biggest challenge is sometimes we don't listen because we're thinking about 500 other things. So, so this is awesome relationship advice is listen. So if you listen and they know you're listening, that's very good. And then for women, and then this is like the 80, 20 year old. Don't get bad if it's like some people are different, but in general, um, if women are proud of their man that they always feel better because they're like, yeah, I, I did some good job. And so it's pretty funny because he said he'd talked to other people who were in bad relationships and he said he told the same story to them. And so he'd come up to the, um, to the woman and say, so when's the last time you said you were proud of your husband? And she's like, what are you talking about? He never does anything. I'm not proud of him. Right. And so she goes off refusing to give the proud card. And then he goes and talks to the husband and says, so when's the last time you listened to her? And he goes, what are you talking about listening to her? She talks all the time. She's nagging, nagging, nagging. And so, uh, so it was a pretty fun story how if you go the opposite of this, how that can absolutely um, derail a relationship. Um, the other one, you know, another highlight was uh, Dr. Martin Harvey. He's been on my podcast three times. Um, he's the communication master. And, uh, you know, we just had our last one just probably about a month or so ago talking about, you know, with all the stuff going on in Australia and in Canada and, and just in general, sometimes you just get those, uh, you know, those difficult uh, practice members that come in and, and how just giving a few tips on how to just smooth out those conversations so that they're a little bit easier. Um, my, again, another great buddy of mine, Dr. Craig Foote, and uh, he had his last uh, podcast episode on generating referrals. And this is great because in Australia, it's the most regulated country, I think, in the whole world, right? And you can't basically do anything. No healthcare profession can advertise at all. Um, you can't do anything. And, um, and so if he, if he becomes master at generating referrals in that, um, that environment, and if you live in a country that has more give, like goodness gracious, you can rock it. Uh, Dr. Kelly Holt, uh, researcher at uh, the New Zealand College of Chiropractic, um, we went over some of the research studies they've been doing at the New Zealand College, which is amazing. Uh, they got their stroke research doing like uh, that they got going on where um, they found people who've already had strokes and then they put them under chiropractic care and their muscle strength increased in an amazing amount. Um, and then just stuff about chiropractic and body position sense. Um, seniors too, like I know in Canada, they always have seniors weeks where they're telling, you know, preventing falls for seniors. And they're always talking about like, don't put mats on the floor, make sure what medication you're on, um, use a handrail when you're going up. Yeah, no, why don't you get adjusted? Because after this, he, he, I think he did his thesis on this and he spent seven years on this program, on this research study, not even knowing if it was going to be benefit at all. And just from adjusting, um, it Im improved their, not only their balance, but um, it's, it's like, I can't remember what he called it, but we have to look back on the podcast episode, but it's like when you hear a noise um, and then how you respond to it. So it's just like, it's a reflex to your environment also increased. And then also uh, a trip, trip correction response. So if you trip and then you like how quick it takes you to correct that step, that also improved, which is huge. The seniors, again, number one cause of them dying is basically breaking a hip from falling. Um, and then of course, Dr. Phil McMaster was just recently on, um, president of the New Zealand college of chiropractic. And, uh, he had some really good things, um, on his, about the research, uh, environment going on right now in chiropractic and just his biggest, uh, lesson over life was tolerance. And I think we can all do this too. We get a little bit 
caught up in the, in the politics, which can distract us away from what's the main thing. Like what's, what's the thing that's actually going to make a difference is going to be all of us just focusing on our practice and focusing on helping our people get better. And that's where, that's where the change is going to happen. Not from everybody bickering back and forth about evidence-based or vitality based or whatever. Um, and I just want to give a couple of shout outs just to some people who are always giving me feedback. Um, Dr. Brendan Pasco, our, our, uh, He's our, uh, in our engine. He's been a shifter for a long time and he's always listening to this podcast. He says he's doing woodwork or something. Make sure Brendan, you're focusing on what you got to focus on, right? Don't get distracted. <laughs> and, uh, Dr. Hannah Emmett, she's, she was always, she was at life West. She was always like listening and always giving feedback on every episode. And now she's back to the UK and she's actually working. So congratulations, my dear. And, uh, of course, Donald Francis, my brother from another mother, he's, uh, he's not only a shifter, he's in the engine. He's, uh, he's also been interviewed, uh, twice on here. Uh, he's has a really good, um, uh, uh, episode on technique and uh and he's all he's like i think he's almost listened to every single episode and so he's like a, a really big fan so i wanted to give him a shout out as well and um and of course i want to also give a shout out to our north american mentors dr kelty warren and dr tiff johnson because uh they will be um at our unplugged so any of our events that'll be in north america most of the time they will be there if they can and of course with our unplugged in australia dr Ali young and dr ben purcell will be there as well so that comes to an end. I, I hope you enjoyed that chat. Um, I don't often get to ju just have a talk with you. And, uh, and, I, and I just wanted to thank you and, and appreciate everyone who's given um, you know, this podcast uh, to other people, posted on social media. Um, thank you for all the people who've written reviews because it just helps to get the message out. And, um, and, and stay tuned also for next week because that's, gonna, that's kind of a fun one um, with uh, Brandy and Michael Hall. And... Uh, until next time, get out there and crush the curse. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you receive value from this episode, please take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. If you know a fellow chiropractor that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. Because it's my goal to provide you with great content, please contact me if you have any questions at drdonmcdonald.com or find me on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.